we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 114, uh, podcasting only now uh, for, for the foreseeable future. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. Now, a little bit of housekeeping before we get to the real show. Um, we use Mixler uh, to, to air the show live, and uh, Mixler started charging, and we don't want to pay because... None of you guys listen live. We, we get uh, a few on the podcast and, and you know, uh, a handful of downloads here and there. But no one want, likes to listen live. Um, so we're not going to pay for Mixler anymore. Isn't that right, MC? Confirm for Correct. me. Okay. However, we still do this show live. And we still open up the call-in numbers. Uh, so you can still call in and tell us what your favorite government program is and why. And we'll still tear you a new one uh, for coming at us with that bullshit. Um, so we're going to give out those numbers each and every week, just like we usually do. You just won't be able to listen to the show uh, on our website, anarchistexperience.com anymore. Um, but you can still download the podcast and you can still get notifications. We'll post those on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Uh, when you see the notification and you get the notification that we are live, uh, go ahead and dial those numbers, 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. That's 303-335-9527 or 303-835-1301. And we will still take your call uh, if we're on the air. And if you get the notification late and we're off the air already, uh, just go ahead and leave us a message. Uh, and then we'll play it on air. Tell us what your favorite government program is and why. And then we'll make fun of you next week. Um, does that? Uh, did I explain everything crystal clear, MC? Well said. And Sweet. It's a little bit, little bit hot. but um, I will back away yeah. from it. So, what uh, what is happening this week for me? Uh, obviously, you know I'm involved in cryptocurrencies, as every good uh, uh, I don't know uh, speculative uh, money gambler should be. I guess that's what I am. Yes, <laughs> um, new form of money, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll see in ten years. Uh, Doesn't right matter as long as you're making money. Yeah, right, right now it's hot. You know, tomorrow it might be zero risk involved. And uh, I guess disclaimer, I, I own some Bitcoin and Monero. Um, so that's why I want you to buy it. And uh, waiting for the, the exit scam in uh, 2023, the Monero exit scam. Um, it's, it's, it's funny because when, when, you, when you make announcements like that, it's, it's, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So, uh, you know, people now are saying, oh, Bitcoin is going to be a million dollars someday. And with that thought in everybody's mind, that becomes the new target, right? And so, yes. you know, my, my short-term target for this year is $40,000. Uh, so everybody, hold Which on sounds to your unbelievable money. to me. Like, I hold can't imagine your, that. Hold on to your bags of Bitcoin until it hits $40,000 and then... And then dump it on somebody else because that's what holders know. I don't know. Or don't. Do. Be well, yeah, no, because holders will say uh, when, when, it, when it's at 40000 they're like, no, 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 man. Hold it. It's going to push 100000 you know, right. by the end of 2019. So, you have no idea where this thing is going, man. Right, right, right. And so, and so it happens. And so you have to use uh, your best judgment uh, when, when that time comes. And uh, I think somebody's calling. Let's take the call. I told you people call in. I told you. Hello? Caller, you are on the air. I don't know who's calling. Maybe, maybe I didn't set this thing up right. Oh, my gosh. Hold on a second. Hold on. Okay. Good thing this isn't live anymore. Otherwise, this would be embarrassing. I'm not going to edit this out of the podcast, though. Podcast listeners, you're going to fucking sh struggle through this with us as we figure out why we're not getting this call in. Just to show you guys that we get calls every once in a while, that it's worth listening to the show. It's worth calling in to voice your opinion about what's going on in the world today. So the problem is I don't know if they're calling my personal phone number, which is not listed, or if they're calling the the other two numbers that we did list they're um, calling the other my, if, if it's what i think it is they're calling the other two numbers because that's the numbers i give out yeah but my phone just said unknown and then started vibrating 
and what do you have one I of those numbers associated with your phone <laughs> well it's it's attached to my Google Hangouts, which is I have the app on my phone. So whenever someone calls in, my phone goes crazy and my computers go crazy at the same time. And then I click on it. But today my computer didn't go crazy, so I thought something was wrong. But anyway, okay. I'll, we'll just we'll just pretend that didn't happen, and uh, we'll wait for them to call the other number. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, he's smart enough to call the other number. I'm not paying attention. Yeah. So um, if you're listening live, call the other number. Where was it? Oh yeah. So I wanted to talk about. Uh, when to sell and um it it generally happens when the price gets you know sky high and then someone says no it's gonna double from here and and that's that's always the case so when i when i bought gold back in the day um the market was you know super hot and it, and it gold had gone from 200 all the way up to um almost 2000 and the only messages out there were were um gold is going to go to 4000 gold is going to like okay it took a really long time to get it to right. 2000 but like to get to 4000 yeah it's, it, that's that's pushing it and so so i sold mine at like 1700 right and the guy that that i bought it from he was on that train he was like no it's it's, it's going to go to 4000 it's going to go to 5000 it's going to go to 10000 right like Okay, maybe, but like there, there's literally nobody out there. I I hear something ringing now. Is this the other number? Yeah, this is uh this is uh the anarchist experience. Call, you are on the air. Podcast, podcast. Can you hear us? Hello, go for caller. Ah, technical problems, maybe. Shouldn't I heard this? I heard the Skype ringy ding. Are you connected? Everything seems like it's working, but I can't hear anybody. Interesting. Anyway, they're connected. They didn't hang up yet. Oh, that sounded like a hang-up. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, you know, we, we might have to do some testing after. Okay. We'll see. Just to make sure if, it's still working. You know, oh, I we'll see if he anything. keeps trying. Um, but anyway, it, when there's no messages about it, it coming down that's when it's time to sell. So right now there's a lot of people saying, you know, even in the media saying Bitcoin is crashing, Bitcoin is, is coming down, it, it peaked and that's it. No, it hasn't peaked until everybody, until the only messages you hear out there is that it's going to double, it's going to triple from here. Um, and the reason is because the people that are, when, when it's actually time to sell, um, uh, they, they want everybody else to be buying, right? And so it gets it gets kind of quiet. The, the the people that are saying it's crashing get really quiet. Okay. And so that's that's kind of how you can tell when it's the absolute peak is when there's no more there's no more dispute about it going up anymore. <laughs> it's only up. Everybody says when everybody says it's only up, that's when it's on, at its peak because the sellers aren't saying it's crashing. The sellers are selling. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I had a similar experience to you, but again, uh, on a smaller scale, when silver was on on the rise, um, you know, I, I, I this is uh, this is not news for any longtime listeners, but I was a big fan of the Liberty Dollar when it was a thing, and I got in, I got into the Liberty Dollar like a year before it all went to shit, and not through the fault of the Liberty Dollar, but through the fault of the United States government and the Fed and all that other stuff. Um, if you followed that, uh, at all. Um, and it was a, it was a similar situation in the silver market, right? It was like rise, 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 rise. It's going to hit a hundred. It's going to hit, oh my God, it's, it's, it's never coming down from here. Um, and I bought in, uh, physical silver though, not like speculative, uh, you know, uh, shares of silver or silver mining or anything like that. Like I, I had physical delivery of, of silver bullion, um, I think when it was at like 26. I think I bought it in at 20. Call her again. Maybe it's just a troll trying to throw us off our game. Hello, caller. Can you hear us? Yeah, so I will, I will assume that is the case because I don't have time to troubleshoot right now. Okay. We just roll on then. But I, yeah, like I said, I, I bought in at like 26. So I think I paid like 28 because it was like, you know, every place was two over spot. 
Um, and then it pushed all the way, like close to 50 to like 49 or whatever it happened to be, uh, and then crashed and it never really recovered. And I was like, well, I don't care. Right. I, at that time I was like dollar cost averaging, man. Like if it gets low, I'll just buy some more. Um, I never really found the, the funds to do it in a, some of the places that I was buying from, um, or were considering buying from cause they were, you know, like anarchy sources, uh, you know, or are no longer business and, and, you know, Kitco, the big one, like they were a pain in the ass, the way you had to, you know, the, the way you had to buy, oh, yeah. buy the silver is yeah, you know, I like, use them. Um, really? Yeah. It's, it's not, not the best, but yeah. Okay. I mean, fair enough. I, I they, like, they, they're the big one, but at the same time when you're going like, you know, wire us the money, or send us a money order and guaranteed funds overnight postal delivery with insurance and tracking. It's like, man, there's other places just take a credit card and then they just mail my shit in a, you know, in a box. Right. <laughs> you know, come on, man. We're like 21st century here. You're like, let's, you know, let's get with the new age of, of I, I can buy stuff online and you can send it without having, you know, without any more interference. Um, but yeah, same thing. It came crashing down uh, and it never really recovered. So I, I worry about that with Bitcoin, right? Cause that's, that's my experience in this. Um, but I, my, my, my fear with Bitcoin or my, not that fear is a bad word. My thoughts are similar to yours, um, that it just trends up, right? There's, there's, there's the, the historical trend for Bitcoin at this point is meteoric rise, right? Right. And, and, and yes, it'll have like its little dips, um, and, and valleys, you know, and, and the price fluctuation or whatever, but when it spikes to like 28, right. And then and people are like, Oh my God, is it 28? Oh my God, we're going to push three out. And then it drops, like you said, um, like 600 bucks to like 22, right. And everyone's like, Oh my God, it's not, this is the end of this. Like, oh, it's coming crashing down. And then it doesn't, right. Like the, the, it valleys again for a brief moment and then spikes back up again even higher than it was the previous time, never to return to that, you know, that bottom level ever, you know, like once, once, once it, once it has like, um, the, the peak, uh, and then the correction and then the stabilization and then the, the, the rise again, it never reaches the correction levels again or hasn't so far. Right. Like I, I don't go ahead. I, I would say to, you know, if you, if you look at it, the spikes are, extreme and maybe they will become less extreme as time goes as the market cap gets bigger right um but there's a lot of dollars out there and that's part of the part of the issue right and 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 it's not just u.s dollars it's every fiat currency in the world competing for these things so um if if you look at the spikes you know if it goes you know previously it went up to 1200 and it went all the way back to to 200 so you know this spike might go if, if let's say it hits 10,000 and let's say that's the peak then it might come back down to 2,000 but that does that mean now is a good time to buy I would I would say yeah 2,000 is a great time to buy because I you know the, the peak could theoretically be 10,000 it could it could be more than that but let's let's say it does hit my, my target which is $40,000 which is just you know totally insane but uh, let's say it hits my target um, if if I'm a seller, and I sell at forty thousand, then I'm probably not gonna want to get back in until maybe ten thousand, maybe even five thousand. But you know, those if are, it drops those that are low, still, yeah, if it does. But there's a yeah. good if it if it hits forty thousand, there's a good chance it'll come back down to ten. Is my point. Okay. So if so, once it gets to ten, you know, between ten and forty thousand, you might not want to buy because then you're looking at okay, when's the, when is the correction going to come? So and and that's kind of where where I'm I'm trying to point you uh, as far as you know when is a good time to buy or not? Um, right. You know, it's it's about risk and reward. So right now the the reward probably outweighs the risk at the moment, uh, but. Bitcoin is different than anything else, and there's additional risks that haven't really played out. Uh, it haven't really happened that much. So w one of the issues was, was well, the MT Goxing, when they stole everybody's money. That could right. happen again, so that's that's a risk. So you probably don't want to keep your funds in the exchange, but even if you don't have your money in the exchange, it's going to hurt the market. So uh, things like that uh, you know, are, are bound to happen again. Uh, there could be problems with the code. It could be problems with the, the miners picking, you know, the right software. Uh, there's there's two new versions of software out there that are, you know, becoming popular, but 
uh, they haven't switched to him yet because, well, everything's, you know, working, you know, somewhat, and the miners are happy because they get high fees. So, um, so you know, there's there's all kinds of extra risks. But as far as the price, like as long as, you know, nothing extraordinary happens, then the price right now I think is a good time to buy. Right. And I guess my point in, in saying that earlier, and, and you corroborate a little bit, um, is that at this point, I don't think we'll ever see like triple digit Bitcoin prices. Right. Like I don't. Um, this year or. <laughs> I want to say ever. Like I don't. Okay. I, I don't know. Like, like I said, somebody said it could go to a million. Uh, I, I think there's going to be significant competition in the market to prevent Bitcoin from ever reaching, uh, you know th- those you know, like a million dollar level I, I do i think that a single bitcoin could reach the price of a house well i, I always bring up the tulip bubble and uh yeah tulip a tulip went for the price of a house at one point okay so yeah it could it could definitely happen no no question about it right uh, um is it going to happen i don't know there's there's you know we'll I'll, I'll talk to talk to you about that after it hits forty thousand. You know, talk to me next year. But, okay. Um, yeah, you know, uh, and things change too. You know, it's ever changing dynamics, and there's uh, you know competition. There's there's uh, government that might get involved, which I'm pretty sure they're going to, which you know really sucks. You know, because you know what the the truth is, people get jealous, and they're like, they can't be making money like this. It's too easy for them. We have to get involved. We have to make it more fair. And of course, they want to crash the market because they want to buy some cheap. Fair enough. And then I like, like it's like, like I said, you know, I don't. It's it's hard for it's hard for me to fathom both extremes, right? Like you say, forty thousand. I go, man, that's nuts, right? And someone goes like, you know, it, it'll crash, you know, down to like the hundreds of dollars, which is why I said triple digits. And I go, that also, oh, oh, I'm that sorry. also I sounds nuts. I, I thought I, I completely misheard you <laughs> when i said when i said yeah. triple digits yeah do, yeah will it go down i you know unless well, will it go will happens, it, it will it go down it to like the hundreds of dollars right like less than a thousand dollar per no, bitcoin no i mean it's already proved that i mean it's already it it, it hit 200 like think over a year ago and i actually bought one at that price okay <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh and it hasn't hasn't returned there, so it you know the the trend the trend is up. It doesn't it doesn't trade like a company. Um, yeah, people people buy them as investments and they hold on to them. And, th- and, that, and there's there's some people that buy them and they do, they don't ever plan on selling them. So and that was that was part of my point is like it'll spike down right. It'll valley, but after after like it it, it peaks it you know it, it it spikes and then there's a correction and then it trends upward again right and plateaus a little bit and gets a little bit of stability for a short period of time but it never returns to the valley is is kind of the way i look at bitcoin um like when you say like 2000 to 200 and then back up right after it goes back after it hits 2000 goes to 200 and back up and never really returns to 200 and it might shoot up to like like i said like now 28 and it might come crashing down to like 15 and then they'll trend it but it'll never touch 15 again right is is kind of the way i see the trend and I could be wrong, and you might you you know speculators might speculate differently, um, but I go like, well, once once it hits that valley, like the valley's the time to buy, like it'll spike, and then when it crashes, and people go, oh my god, it's crashing, like that's the time to buy, in my opinion, well, you know, not not while it's crashing, but during during the long, uh, prolonged um, valley, like you said, it, I mean. If, if you look at the long-term charts, you, you can see the yeah. spikes happening, and then it levels out for a long time, and everybody's kind of like, oh, Bitcoin's dead. But it's right. Not. I mean, it's, but it's, it's just the, the people that, that are supporting the price. It's on uh, the bounce, you know, though. Don't, don't, don't have unlimited funds. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to wait till the, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying on the on the bounce back up on the bounce back up to to speculation, right? Like if it if it, if it peaks at two thousand, right? Let's just use your example. If it peaks at two thousand, right, and then it's crash comes crashing down. Buying during the crash is not necessarily smart, but like you did when it was when it got to two hundred, that was like the bottom of the bounce, right? Like it hit the bottom, and if you yeah, can figure out when that is, as it starts to rise back up, 
right? That would be the time to buy because it's never going to drop back down to that two to that to that bottom level. It'll stabilize so, so, a little bit higher, like you said, for a plateau for a little bit. Just just find out whatever the peak is and divide that by five. Okay, and then that's, that's the crash. A good time to start. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's the bottom. Okay. So from forty thousand down to ten, then you buy in again right. at ten, exactly, and then it'll slowly rise up, but it'll never touch ten again. Right. Historically, from what right. we from what we understand so far, not to say never, right? Like never say never, but you know, if if that does happen, there there's going to be a lot more indicators at that time. Uh, you know, that would be like the government interference and let's, people bailing on Bitcoin. And let's put it this way: if it does hit forty thousand, which is an insane price. Nobody should be buying at that level, and and that's and that's why I, you know I'm, I'm warning people you know between thirty and forty thousand like that's it's crazy, not to say it won't happen, but if it does hit forty thousand, it's it's going to come down for a long time, and it's gonna and it's gonna hurt. It's gonna wipe out a lot of people's you know retirement accounts or whatever people. However, people get it up to forty thousand, uh, when it comes down, it's it's gonna be bad for a long time, for those people that bought you know high. Yeah. But that's, again, that's true in like any industry, any sort of investment, any sort of speculation. So. Yeah, but the the, the difference is the specs are easy to see in Bitcoin. Yeah. And they're easy to predict too, so. So you heard it here first. Take MC's advice. I'm going to start doing it. I'm, I, 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 I talked to him a little bit off the air and we're going to discuss it further about him being like my money manager, uh, so to speak, in a little bit, in, in a little ways. Um because I, I'm starting to get some cash flow personally. Um, and I need something to do with it aside from like, you know, putting it in the mattress. Cause I don't want to put it in a bank, like screw those guys too. Um, and you know, they, 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 you know, say, find a mentor that ha- is successful. And I, I see the success that MC's having. So I, I listen to him. I take him as advice on lots of different things. Um, and we'll, we'll see where this goes. Hopefully up. Anything else on the Bitcoin front? I would like uh, for the the news of Bitcoin and you know when it starts spiking again to overshadow all the BS that the government's doing and uh, kind of take take the spotlight because uh, tired of, tired of Trump's voice. Um, I'm, I'm really I'm still glad that I don't have to hear Hillary's voice anymore, but but I'm getting tired of hearing hearing Trump every day and about Trump. And it's, yeah, so I'm just uh, the good news is I I haven't been hearing the TV as much either. I've been kind of some somehow I've been avoiding uh, the news stations on everybody else's TV. So um, so I don't know what's going on in the world. What's going on, man? They they make these great noise canceling headphones that you just you just put on, and then you go <laughs> about your day. You know, before I used to I used to be like that guy before. Like I always had earbuds in. Um, and my, my, another one of my friends, like, dude, people don't like to see that. I'm like, what do you mean? Like you're, you're so antisocial with your earbuds in all the time, just like permanently in. I, Cause I really don't want to hear what they have to say, man. Like I really, <laughs> if they start talking nonsense that I don't want to hear, I just hit the play button. I start listening to my own stuff. You know, back in the day when I, when I, when I was employed, uh, it, it, you know, people would, would start talking and like, it, I, half the time I would have to interrupt them, like, no, that's that's total BS, and I have to correct them, and then, and eventually, you know, so, sometimes people would would just learn just not to talk around me. So, <laughs> <laughs> they'd be like, oh, sorry, we, you were listening. Like, yeah, dude. <laughs> Here, watch that shit. <laughs> I ca- I kind of got that from my dad. Like, my, it used to upset my stepmom because you know we'd be we'd be out at you know a social event of some kind or whatever and someone would like approach you know the family like you know my 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 stepmom and my dad or whatever and just start talking to both of them um and like halfway through the conversation without saying a word my dad would just walk away just poof just disappear and go do something else (laughs) right and whoever was like talking to them would just continue to talk to my stepmom and she was the polite one (laughs) <laughs> would just uh-huh uh-huh and hear them out until <laughs> they're like we're done talking and then go get mad at my dad and like his answer was i was like i was tired of listening to him so i just left 
And so, so I guess it's learn, learn behavior, right? I just go like, well, I, I don't want to hear it. I just listen to something else. Um, and similar to you, right? This is, uh, you know, the, the understanding with, uh, with my wife's family. I think I've shared this before as well is, uh, politics is off the table as far as polite discussion without when I'm around. Um, and I, I, I gave her this advance warning because I told her if the topic comes up and I'm part of the conversation, I will mop the floor with everyone there, right there. You just, you, you cannot, you, you cannot have a discussion, polite discussion or an argument with me about, you know, the state, the government and politics without getting completely destroyed, which is, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, people don't call into this show is because I will destroy any government, uh, argument that you have. Um, and so, you know, so her, her family knows, like, you know, you can discuss it all you want and talk about, you know, your brothers and your son's, you know, political career all you want when I'm not around. And I, I give them the warning like for their benefit. Right. So, so if you want, if you want to have like a cordial, peaceful family, you know, outing, just leave it off the table because this is what I do. Right. Like I do, I do an entire show based on this ideas and these ideas of, you know, peaceful anarchy or not even peaceful anarchy, just an anarchy, agorism, you know, uh, non-aggression and the state. Right. And I'm, I'm well-versed and well-studied. And I think I'm really good at, you know, presenting my case and my arguments, um, in any, in any situation, if you want to have a polite discussion about the economic side, I can do that. If you want to have, you know, a, a, a adversarial discussion about, you know, the nature of the military, I can do that too. Right. Yeah. Uh, so just, so, just don't even do it around me. Uh, John, Cause I will I interject. John Lennon, John Lennon had a good, uh, point about, uh, pe peaceful, uh, means instead of violent, or at least, you know, what we what he described was like smashing the state, smashing everything, and and that is because the people that militarily like t you know destroy the infrastructure and destroy the state uh, as it is right now end up becoming the state, and that that always he said that's happened many many times before. You know the, the people who who uh, you know finance the destruction of whatever state they're in end up becoming the state and. They be, you know, the same situation happens. Um, so I think ideas are, are more important. And uh, the idea that uh, you should let people be and not force them to do stuff is, is pretty important. Um, so I also wanted to bring up another thing that happened to me. Go for it. Oh, my goodness. I was peacefully driving down the road. Three passengers, one in the back seat. 37-year-old man, didn't have his seatbelt on, and the police saw that, and, and they were Sprung furious. into action. And they told me to pull over. And I was like, what can I do for you, officer? He's like, well, you know, the guy in the back seat doesn't have a seatbelt on. And I'm like, and? <laughs> you know, okay, like, let, let, me, let me interject seriously? right there. Is, is that like, against the law? What? Is that against the law here? Back seat, you got to wear a seatbelt? I don't know, man. I don't care. <laughs> okay. No. The only reason I'm okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you real quick, just just briefly, and then I'll let you continue because we were riding to dinner uh, last week Sunday, and me and my wife were sitting in the back seat of my parents' truck, and I we weren't wearing seatbelts, and she goes, "Do we have to wear seatbelt back here? Like, what's what's the law? Like, I don't know. I fuck. I've never worn a seatbelt in the back seat. I don't intend to start now. I don't know what the law is." <laughs> So I'm really I'm I'm legitimately asking you because she asked me and I would like to give her an answer if you if you know the answer. But continue continue your story. But same thing. Like backseat, who I gives mean, a shit? Am I actually gonna waste my time and look up the law? You know, they're they're trying to write a law about you can't look at a cell phone while you're crossing the street. Do you think anybody's gonna give a fuck about the law? Well if the, gonna, Well, I was going to look at my phone while I was crossing the street, but then I remembered that there was a freaking law. Like Seriously? <laughs> well, if, if, you, if the officer pulled you over and gave you a ticket for a passenger in the backseat not having a seatbelt on, then I would I assume... Mean, I mean, okay. I can assume there's a law. Um, and, and, but I can also assume that 
I'm never going to ask the back backseat passenger to put their seatbelt on. Okay. I don't care if they put their seatbelt on. I don't think I, anybody should care if they put their seatbelt on. I've also missed a walk signal because I was looking at my phone while standing at the crosswalk, and it like went green and then went red again before I looked up. Mm. So, <laughs> so that's happened. Okay, so continue your story. I'm sorry. I, 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 I had to interject because I wanted to know real quick. But if you still don't know, that's fine. So he said, sir, this man in your back seat is not secured yeah. to the vehicle. So luck, luckily, the, the the passenger in the back seat didn't get arrested because uh, he was he was probably breaking a couple more laws and and but the the seatbelt thing, come on. <laughs> and, you know, I, I honestly I was I was breaking a couple of laws. I, you know, I don't know how you cannot be breaking laws when you're driving, but um, nearly my, impossible. So my, my my safety inspection was was overdue, and they they missed that, so I didn't get a ticket for that. Luckily, nice. Um, but yeah, just just a complete waste of my time. And so no no ticket for that though, just just a friendly reminder from officer safety. Well, for the, yeah, ticket for the seatbelt. Okay, so it is against the law because they're 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 yeah. saying you broke no, he, the law. Yeah, he okay. gave me a ticket. Okay, are like you gonna fight it? Hundred two bucks. Uh so this is what happened last time I fought it. I, I mean, you're un- you're unemployed now, so you might as well like go waste some court time, have some fun yeah, with go, that. Yeah, ticket to the jury. Yeah. Um, so Demand I, jury so, get the get the public defender do what I did and get you know raise a constitutional argument so you get a private attorney publicly funded unless your income's too high oh no no because so, you can say you're unemployed so the so the last time uh, I fought it we we sent in a letter and they responded okay you don't you know you, you're innocent you know we're not we find you not guilty or whatever. But you still have to pay the court fine, which is the same exact fine as the ticket. So I'm Nonsense. Like, this, this, uh, that's that's great. I'm I'm glad I'm innocent. But you know why? Why do I have to pay the state? You know, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Well, yeah, we obviously know what it is, what it is. Yeah, because they want the but, money. Um, yeah, that's all it's about. And um, so but we'll keep it off your record, sir. You just pay us, and we'll keep it off your record. Is that if I was to, yeah, that's basically it. keep yeah, pay us, keep it off the record. But um, if I if I was to take it to the court, the the only problem is is that I I get really bad anxiety. I mean, I okay. was in, I was in court with somebody, and it wasn't even it wasn't even anything to do with me. It was somebody else's business. I was just there to you know for support. And man, I. <laughs> I almost, I almost couldn't stay, stand it. I, I had to get out of there. I get really, 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 really bad anxiety in court. Okay. Um, and and maybe that's, uh, you know, has something to do with my, how I was raised or something. I, I don't know. Like I have this uh, okay. fear of authoritarians or something. Um, and I, I have a, a you know, a, a healthy disrespect or probably beyond healthy, unhealthy uh, respect for, uh, for authority. Or disrespect, unhealthy disrespect. I don't know. It's getting confusing, but okay. it's, it's, giving, it's giving me anxiety. You don't like authority, thinking, okay? Yeah, just being in the courtroom, just, yeah, doesn't. It's it feels horrible to me, like like uh, like okay. going to give me a heart attack type. So uh, so I try I try to stay away from uh, authority figures and okay and, uh, stuff like that. That's fair. That's fair. I would I would never advise you to do anything that you know puts your health at risk. Um, but I will say this from my own personal experience, which again, I've shared here on the show before. Um, I've, I've been there enough times, you know, to handle myself, so to speak. And the anxiety that you feel, I don't think is unnatural, um, or unwarranted. But what I do know is that, you know, when I go there now, I'm not as, as nervous or as anxious as I was, you know, like the first time, right. you know, cause it's like, it's old hat for me. It takes, it takes practice. Um, and we talked about, uh, you know, breathing exercises before, you know, I've done, um, you know, you, you, I get there, whatever time I get there, you know, 15 minutes before court starts and I will, I will sit outside the courtroom and I will, you know, do a little, you know, breathing and meditation of my own. Um, just, just to get the nerves settled, you know, the, the heart palpitations down, the shaking down the, you know, the, the adrenaline 
you know, uh, settled in, um, so that I can focus mentally on, you know, the task or the goal at hand and what I intend to do. Um, and I also listen to podcasts like this, right? I, I listen to, you know, uh, anti-authoritarian, anti-cop, you know, motivational podcasts. I, um, when it was on the air a lot more, I don't think, yeah, I don't think he's done one in years now, but the, the Liberty conspiracy podcast was always great, um, motivation and the, the, uh, no state project from Mark Stevens was also great, uh, motivational listening, um, as to how to compose myself to help me compose myself, I should say, um, and how to, you know, visualize what exactly I'm going to do when I get in there, um, and it's also putting on, uh, I'm going to call it like mental war paint, right? Like I, I know that I'm walking into an adversarial situation. I know that I'm not going to be on um, friendly grounds. I know that it's enemy territory. You know, I, I fully accept uh, the situation that I'm putting myself in. And then, you know, like I've done in the past, um, you know, I, I immediately go on what I would consider like the attack, right? Like, you know, I, I strike first. Um, type of a thing to get them uncomfortable, right? You know, they process through like hundreds of people every day of, you know, quiet, conformist, you know, uh, easily manipulated and walked over people every day. Like, yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, your honor. No, your honor. I'm so sorry. Please, your honor. I'm begging you. I'm begging the court, right? And then I step up and give them shit and give them hell, right? And so it immediately throws them off their game, um, and I think that that uh, levels the playing field a little bit when you when you do walk in there. Um, so if you're listening to this and you have a, a court date coming up, like I don't advise you to do anything um, that you're not comfortable doing or to take any unnecessary risks. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I've shared before, I'm, I'm probably close to like 50 50 at this point with wins versus losses for a number of different reasons. Right. Um, I just seem to get away with a lot more things uh, that are illegal when I fight it. Um, and so I, I fight it. You know, this, this used to be, you know, like the, the cop block mentality. Uh, never take a plea, never take a deal, fight it all the way tooth and nail to the very end. Um, and that's what I've done. Uh, but, uh, but in your case, MC, like I said, you, you're, you're not me. You're not in my position. If, if that, if putting yourself in that position, uh, you know, causes you distress and anxiety, then please don't do it. Uh, cause I like having you on the show and I like having you healthy and, you know, mentally stable on the show. Um, but even in the letter, right. Even in the, even in the letter, uh, you can, you can, you know, if you're going to fight it that way, um, you know, take, take a couple shots at them. Right. you know, why not? And there's, yep, there's letter templates out there and, you know, whatever you can, whatever you can do to make whoever's reading that letter feel like an ass, uh, you know, <laughs> I feel like a real scumbag, you know, why not? Like what's, what's the worst that could happen is they say like, no, sorry, rejected. And you got to pay the 102 bucks or not. Right. Like if it were me, I'd send the letter, then not pay. And then, you know, what are they going to do if, if it's not a jailable? This is the thing where I don't worry about these things where other people might, right? Like, wh- what could they possibly do, you know, to, to like, to affect me? And I go, well, they'll send it to collections. And I go, and what? Then I, then I get one call from a collector and I tell them to piss off and don't call me again. And then what? Well... Then they ding your credit. Well, guess what? I'm cash positive, man. Like, you know, like, like we talked before, <laughs> you know, I've, I've gone years without needing credit to, to, to make any major purchases. I just, I don't, I've, I've, you know, streamlined my life where that's not a necessity. So you can't harm my credit, right? You can't harm my bank account. You can't harm, uh, you know, my, you know, the, the, the phone calls that I get from the creditors. Like, I just don't, you know. If, if they call me to discuss this with them, they're going to have the worst phone call of their life talking to me. You know, I, I, I'll make, I'll bring everyone down. You want to like, you want to swing it out in the mud. Uh, we, we can get down to that level and I'm, I'm happy to like roll with the pigs with you. So it's, you know, for, for me, that's the fun. It's like, Oh, credit. Oh, uh, you know, bill collector calling for the state's funds. Like, let's have a little chat. Shall we, you know, uh, I just don't care. And, uh, you know, but that's me, you know, but, it, but if you've got, you know, major purchases and you need credit and, you know, your business relies on it and all the, 
any any I'm gonna I'm gonna be mean about it real quick, but any sort of excuse that you can think of, you know, to, to just, you know, bow your head and kiss the boot of the state and, and pay the money so that, you know, it doesn't go on your permanent record. Um, if that's what you got to do, then do it. Not necessarily talking to UMC because I'm, you know, like I said, not, not trying to be rude or mean, but that's just the way I, I personally feel about it. Um, but if you don't have that sort of stuff, then, then who cares? Like, what can they do? You know? And then they go like, well, eventually they'll put you in jail. I go, well, okay. So what? Right. I'll, I'll, I'll give, you know, the cash that I have to someone I trust. And then I'll go take a vacation where I get fed three times a day and get some exercise, you know, and a full night's sleep. You know, I don't, I don't care. Jail doesn't bother me. It might, you know, at this point it might bother my wife. She might be a little upset uh, with me um, for doing it. Uh, but I, I've never had a problem with it. And I, she was instructed of that, you know, in the dating phase, right you may need to bail me out of jail and you might need to live without me for an extended period of time at some point. Um, because I, I value my freedom, um, and my Liberty. And if I have to spend, you know, a few months or a few years or whatever, uh, in jail to make a point about my freedom and my Liberty and, you know, use that as an example of how they're unnecessarily taking it away so that I can get other people on my side, uh, to fight against them in, you know, round two or round seven or whatever round it happens to be at that time, um, then I'm totally fine doing it. And I also break the law on a fairly regular basis, um, you know, whilst driving uh, as well. Any, Actually, you know what? Anytime I'm on the road, I'm immediately breaking the law. Like there's just, you know, d- d- you know depending on uh, how, much, how much credence you put into their laws, uh, because like I said before, I don't, I don't have a valid driver's license. I can do everything you can do on the road. I just don't have their little uh, plastic card, uh, their, their little plastic permission slip to do it. And even on the moped, right? There's like on my way home, um, there's a number of like red lights that are hard to make. Just man, man I, I try so hard to make these green lights and they turn red on me every once in a while. Um, and if I'm on the moped, those lights are longer than usual. Cause a lot of times the sensors don't go off. Um, and I, I just run reds. Like I, I, there's one, um, coming in, you know, coming into town, uh, off the highway that I can see way up into the distance, whether or not there's oncoming traffic. And if there's no oncoming traffic, I don't even slow down. I blow through the red. I make my turn. I'm on my way. Like, you know, I just, it doesn't even matter to me at this point. Like, what are they going to do? You know, pull me over on a moped. Like, I don't, and do what? Arrest me? Okay, so I get, like I said, I get three meals, uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you know, some bologna, uh, and, you know, and a vacation, basically. Like, I, I, I believe, you know, like, I'm unbreakable uh, at this point when it comes to, like, that aspect of, uh, if you want to call it uh, civil disobedience or activism or whatever, Whatever, or you just want to call me an asshole, right? I'm completely comfortable either way with how I behave in those situations. MC? Right on. Um, we only got maybe 10 minutes left? I think I got 15, but we can go. Whatever. Okay. Plus, we can cover some time with the, the absent caller. Did you have anything else? Nope. All right. I will say this, then. Um, <coughs> I think I have uh, an... I have an article of show prep that we may or may not get to, but I put it in there because it's similar to a situation that I'm dealing with. Um, and it's, uh, my son is coming into town this evening, um, to spend part of, or the whole summer, uh, up to him. He's got like an open-ended ticket, uh, with me and, and staying with my mom, um, at her place since I still got to work and do all that stuff. And there's a, a couple of things that are like frustrating me at this point. And the first is, you know, he, he sends me, t- he's proud because he's smart. And everyone's like, oh, you're so smart, just like your dad. I, eh, whatever. Like, I don't, I don't put much credence into that anymore. But he sends me a text saying like, oh, I made honor roll again. It's like, ah. Try, I'm like I'm I'm here I'm frustrated because like I don't I know how I'm supposed to respond to that right 
like you know the the, the I'm trying to be a good dad sort of you know barely when he's around type of thing like oh good job boy you know congratulations on being smart but my natural response is all right now so drop out of school just please just stop doing that <laughs> you know and and like the last quarter he got on a roll bef- again right and I told him that at the time I'm like well drop out of school you know you don't need that nonsense so he tells me this time and I got is this a quarterly thing? Like how often do you get on a roll? Cause I feel like it's only been like a couple of months since the last time you shared this news with me. <laughs> and he went, yeah, it's quarterly. And I went, well, good job. But my advice the last time still stands, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm not letting this go boy. You know, if, if you're as smart as they say you are, and if you're as smart as that, you know, award says you are, you have no business being in school, let alone public school for that matter. And I don't have any authority to do anything about go ahead well just just ask him if if it was difficult if it was if he put a lot of effort into it and he got on the honor roll then then um then maybe you should tell him like like just just go have fun and and you know and enjoy yourself and and try to figure out you know what life is about but don't worry about uh you know the point so much even if it was difficult, though, that just it's more deprogramming I have to do later because it's status nonsense that he's like difficultly it, being good at. But that's what I'm saying. If if it's if it's simple for him to get to get A's, then then he he's he's really smart and, and the stuff really doesn't matter to him that much. It's just he's just breezing through it. So so my my issue was when I was in school, it was it was actually difficult. I'm a slow learner, and uh, and and. And I was I no. Was you're not a slow learner. You're a different learner. You're a different learner. They just they they were teaching you in a in a manner that did not suit your learning style. Yeah, I'm. I, I still think I'm a slow learner. I, okay. I, I know it's one of my weak points, but um, I I did a. Uh, I, I was programmed, and they they you know they completely uh, you know had me in you know believing in their whole system and everything and and. Uh, so, so if, if it had been easy for me, like, like a lot of my friends were, you know, just found school easy. Right. And they just breeze through everything. And, um, and, they, but they, they don't realize like how it's all bullshit because they're, 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 uh, they're reward, they're rewarded so heavily. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I, again, be, because, because he's not with me all the time. Right. I get these brief moments to impart these, you know, concepts and lessons to him that I can't pass up the opportunity to do it because I don't know when, you know, when the opportunity will rise again. Right. And one thing I do know um, is that he has a smartphone and he knows how to use it. So any any and he's even said this right during the last conversation was um, I can just learn on my own when I'm not in school. I went, great. Now just imagine if you had like eight more hours a day to do that (laughs) instead of the crap they're feeding you in school, you know, imagine how much more stuff you would know that you actually care about. Right. Well, I guess, I mean, I I think maybe, maybe a better idea would be to challenge him. And so have, you know, challenge him to, you know, find, think, think about the future and a career and and do like like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, don't don't wait for school to finish. Start doing what you want to do now. And then and then if, if you find that, hey, school is wasting my time, I could be, you know, making money and then he'll have a reason to drop out. But I mean, you know, it's it's normal. It has become normalized anyway through force to, uh, you know, waste a lot of time. <laughs> yes. And if if I had if I had um, like I said more opportunities uh, to do to to engage in that like this this summer could be one of those opportunities or at least part of the summer it could be one of those opportunities where I really get to um, impart some of that knowledge and wisdom and ideas and questions and challenges to him about it. Yeah. Um, but you know, a, a text every quarter, like, oh yeah, I made honor roll. It's like, ah, uh, it's cringe. It makes yeah. me cringe but a little bit. It would, it would be much more imp- uh, impressive if you ran a lemonade stand. You know, like. <laughs> yes, it would be like make some you know, that's, like. That's kind. Of, that's kind of where I'm. I'm trying to you know, get you, get you to lean toward is like, is, is how can you know? There, there's a, a guy who, uh, who who, 
he was a serial entrepreneur and eventually made himself into like a YouTube star. And he's got, you know, he's driving around Lamborghinis and Ferraris and Dodge Vipers and Porsches. And he's got like, you know, he's got like 12 cars. Yeah. He's like 18 now. And, uh, but he, he started, you know, when he was like 12 or 13 and, and they just kept, kept at it and everything was an opportunity. Right. And I, and Again, I'm I'm not discounting that, and I think that's what this summer could turn into. Um, but what I'm, but when he goes back home to his natural environment, um, I don't think that the people he is currently surrounded with foster that sort of behavior, right? Well, well, if he re- if he's really smart, he'll be able to deal with both of them at the same time. Okay, well, we'll see how smart he really is then, right? Um, because another another thing that you know we're we're I'm trying to do um, is I'm, I'm trying to get him into this uh, two day experiential class for children that my niece took a few years ago. So I, I petitioned her to like get him interested in wanting to take the class uh, because I don't want to put him in the class and pay for it if he doesn't really want to be there. Like I'm not I'm not going to force him to do it. So I want him to like want to do it. Um, but I'm like, I sent out feelers, uh, to how to get them into the class. And the word that I'm, I, I've gotten is like, basically he can't take the class, um, because, uh, his parents or his guardians or whoever has legal custody of him, um, haven't taken the class, haven't taken the adult version of the class. Uh, but I have, and I was like, well, I'm his dad, right? Doesn't like, I, I'm his dad. I'm going to have physical custody of him, you know? I will lie on whatever form you need me to lie on <laughs> to get them into this class. You know, if you're worried about legal, you know, I will, I will take the legal responsibility of like, no, nope, I, I totally committed fraud and, and put them into the class. Uh, and I understand that one of the reasons that they need the parents to take the class is just what I said, right there. The, the class teaches, uh, kind of like life lessons, um, that will either get fostered or stifled depending on the environment that the child goes back into. And if the child returns to an environment such as him, where it will get stifled instead of fostered, uh, it's detrimental because it frustrates the child. Um, and then doesn't foster all the information that was prevented. So it's like, it's like a waste. Uh, and, and so I told the, you know, the, the administrator running the class, I'm like, well, you're not seeing the big picture here then. If you guys are able to like teach him that much, you know, initiative and, and, um, and, and empower him to that point, right. Maybe he would choose a different environment and maybe he'll want to like, you know, not return to that one. Right. You know, like, and so they said, well, you know, and you know, so then, you know, then the, the wife and her attorney friends were like brainstorming and then like, you know, why don't you just see if they'll uh, sign over custody to you, to me, um, for the summer, like legal custody for the summer, since we're going to have them anyway. Um, and then when it's the summer's over, you just sign it right back, you know? And I was like, well, part of the difficulty with me mentally for that is I don't think they would actually sign it over because, you know, his, his, his grandparents on her side, on his mom's side, um, or like foster parents at this point, like he is a ward of the state in the foster care of them. They have guardianship or custody or whatever. Um, so they get paid, they get money just for, just for caring for him. And I don't think they'd be willing to give up those funds even for the summer. Um, and number two, like I never, I never gave up custody to begin with, right? Like I'm, you know, there, there's no signature of me anywhere or any court appearance of me anywhere. saying like, no, no, you can have them. Just, I don't want them anymore. All yours. Right. It kind of just happened. Um, and I don't want there to be like any sort of legal documentation of me actually giving up parental rights. Cause I never did. Right. I never, I, I didn't do it. You know, the first time I'm, I'm not about to do it now. Right. You know, uh, on a, on a, uh, an emotional and a mental level, uh, maybe not, you know, in reality, uh, obviously not in reality, but on, you know, on, on the moral and ethical level, I guess, uh, I never gave it up. It was taken from me. And I, I take solace uh, in the fact that I can say that, no, 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 I never gave him up. I never, no, just 
never signed it over, never, never gave up any rights, didn't do any of that. I was all, you know, my, my phone number didn't change. And even though my address did, um, but even the address is on record, you know, where I've been, where I've been, you know, this, these past, however many years, um, I was reachable by everybody who could have said like, you know, he's yours, take him, come pick him up. Um, and no one ever reached out to me, right? They just, they, they, they took him to a different Island, uh, got some court judgment wherever they got some court judgments. Um, and it was, you know, all behind my back when I was dealing with other issues. Uh, and I never, you know, I, I chose not to, um, put up a fight or deal with it at the time, but I never gave it up. Right there, there's nothing, no, there's nowhere it doesn't say like I'm giving up my parental rights and responsibilities. Um, it was just kind of taken from me. So I don't want to, I don't want to sign I don't want to get, you know, the, the parental rights signed back to me. And they're like, oh no, giving them up again. You know, just poof, summer's over. You can have him back. Um, I don't want to do that either. So it's, 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 it's a tough conundrum. Um, and you know, I've, I've got, uh, I've, my, my wife has, uh, again, like I said, attorney friends and a brother's attorney, um, working on some like legal things we can do to determine, uh, who has custody and then try to like backdoor way, uh, ourselves into this class. But how stupid, right. That, you know, the, 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 the state, right. Again, uh, the, the state's judgment on who has, uh, parental rights or parental custody, uh, or legal custody, I should say, uh, of my son, right. Gets to determine what I can do and where I can put him. Like, you know, I'm his biological father. I'm on the birth certificate, you know, and all, and all that. Um, uh, but because you, and I'll have physical custody too, but because I don't have legal custody, uh, there, I, I, I'm not allowed to do certain things for him or with him. And, you know, even though it's a, you, a private, go can ahead. Can you, have, have you considered asking the, the people who have legal custody if they would sign sign the paper so you can go to class? Or? Well, they would have to take the class. That's the thing. They oh, would, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. They would have to take the adult version of the class prior to him taking the kids' version of the class. Okay. The only and, – and, and the class is like um, – I think it's like 800 bucks per adult now. It was like 500 last year. Now it's like 800 bucks per adult. So they would have to fork up 1600 bucks, fly, you know, to this island to take the class, uh, the adult version of the class. And then even if they did that, um, he would then miss the summer class because there's no adult version of the class prior to the children's version of the class. Um, so we'd have to still wait like another six months for to get him into class. And then he might not be here. Like he's here this summer. You know, I don't know when he's coming back again. So I'm trying to get him into this one because it's, uh, the option, the opportunity presented itself, and I'm trying to take advantage of it as it's presented. Um, but yeah, which is why the only way to really do it with them to sign over legal custody to me for the summer and then me sign it back. And I've talked to um, his mom before, and I know she would be against that because I asked her once, you know, like I'm I might fight for custody, and then he I'll just have custody. And then he can just choose to live wherever he wants. Like he can still stay with you. I don't care where he lives. Um, I just, you know, I just, I, I want that. I, I, you know, as the father, right. I want that, you know, I want that privilege or right back. Um, and then again, because I'm a nice guy, I, I'll give him the choice. Cause I think he's old enough to make his own decisions. If the smart as they say he is, um, and, and from what I believe he's fully capable of, of doing so. But as far as the class is concerned, those are the only options. So we're working on that. It's just frustrating that the the state's judgment on on who has custody uh, uh, overrides um, me being the biological father in the eyes of the company, right? In the eyes of the organization, like they they hold that uh, to be of higher regard and more credence, um, you know, for for this particular issue. And you know, in, even though it's not necessarily like the state's fault. Uh, that the company's doing this, you know, if, if the absent, the state, right? Like if we eliminate the state, it wouldn't even be a consideration or an issue because it would just be, Oh no, you're the father. You're the dad biological. Like he's yours. Oh yeah. Bring him. Right. Like, you know, that, that would be the end of the story. So, um, I guess we're not going to get into the, the show prep article that I had. Um, I'll read the headline though, just so you know, and you can find it, uh, 
here we go. Read this article, please. Uh, if you're listening to the show and have kids or think about kids or have any sort of kids in your life, um, just go to the show page, uh, anarchist, uh, facebook.com slash anarchist experience and read through this one because it's worth reading through. Uh, why I no longer ask kids how they are doing in school. Um, great article, great read, um, kind of on point, which what, with what I'm talking about here and now, uh, as far as, you know, uh, Oh, look at me. I got on a roll again. Uh, but yeah, like I don't, I, I don't care and he shouldn't either, but I can't stop him from caring. So whatever, deprogram him later as best I can. Any thoughts, MC? Uh, no, buy some, buy some Monero. My yes. For the day. Always. <laughs> that should just be how we like, uh, brought to you by MC Steak and Monero. <laughs> there you go. All right. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you guys know where to find us. I'll go over it again. Anarchistexperience.com, facebook.com slash anarchistexperience. Join the groups and the discussion. Post some show prep for me so I don't have to keep doing this. Facebook.com slash groups slash anarchistexperience. Uh, and if you want to support the show financially, we do that through Patreon. Um, Patreon.com slash theanarchistexperience. And we'll cash that out at some point and buy Monero with it. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>